Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Today's gospel lesson comes from John chapter 20. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands. Reach out your hand, and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, my heart is still overflowing with joy after the great Easter celebration that we shared together both online and in person outdoors. And the good news is we can keep the party going. 
For in the life of the church, Easter isn't just one day, it's actually 50 days. The Easter season is 50 days long between Easter and Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And over these 50 days, we continue to hear resurrection narratives, the ways in which Jesus brought to new life shares with his disciples. Our new worship series for this Easter season is called Amazing Grace. Through resurrection, we celebrate all the ways that God's grace is available to us, and then in turn, how we can share that grace of God outward with others. Today in our scripture, we hear this familiar story of Thomas, famously called Doubting Thomas. After Jesus was crucified on that Friday that wasn't so good, the disciples decide that they are going to lock themselves in a room together in fear. They fear that they may be the ones arrested next. Well, after Jesus bursts out of his tomb, after he appears to Mary in the garden, the next thing he does is go to find those disciples. What a day this is. This is the same day. It's a continuation from our Easter story last Sunday uh, where he encountered Mary and then said, go and tell them that you have seen the risen Lord. That same day, he goes and finds these disciples locked up together. Here, the disciples are able not only to see him, but to touch him. They cannot believe their eyes, their ears, their hands. Is this really Jesus come back to life? At first, they react with doubt. Who wouldn't? then unbelievably with joy and wonder they have seen the risen Lord. But poor Thomas, he's one of the disciples who wasn't there when Jesus first came to them. Now Thomas has gotten a bad rap throughout history, but I admire him. One, for continuing to live his life. He wasn't locked up in fear. We don't know exactly what he was doing, but he was out in the world. He does come later to check on the disciples, his friends, to see what they're up to. And they tell him the most unbelievable news. Jesus is not dead. He is risen. We saw him. They say we touched him. And Thomas says, understandably, unless I can see and touch just as you did, I, I don't think I can believe what you're telling me. Well, a week later, Jesus comes back to the disciples and Thomas is there this time. And Thomas says, Lord, is it, is it really you? Let me, let me see your wounds. Let me touch you just as the other disciples already have. Please, Jesus, come near me. Let me come near you. Jesus says, here I am, Thomas. Come. And Thomas believes. There's an off-quoted phrase, the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. And certain Thomas is not. Thomas is always asking questions, trying to learn more, to discover more, to figure Jesus out. Thomas is faithful though, even though he asks a lot of questions. I would submit maybe even because he asks a lot of questions. Now Thomas is famous for this story, sometimes reduced to this encounter. But this isn't his only appearance in the gospel. It's far from it. In fact, in chapter 14 of John's gospel, we find him asking Jesus a question. Jesus says, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas says to him, 
Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Thomas has questions, good questions. So he asks. He needs clarification. So he asks. He cares deeply about following Jesus. So he speaks up. He isn't afraid to speak up and out, to ask these questions, to say, hey, Jesus, I need you. I need you to come to me. In fact, Jesus promised Thomas that he would be with him always back there in chapter 14. Jesus says, I will abide with you. I am your way. I am the way. So when Thomas does hear that Jesus has come back from the dead, no wonder that he thinks, well, Jesus did promise that he would abide with me always. So where is he? I've got to see him. I must abide with him for this to come true. Thomas speaks up, says, I want to see you, Lord. And Jesus shows up. And of course, the world is forever changed. I'm not only or primarily concerned that Thomas himself has an unfair reputation as only a doubter. My concern with the now don't be a doubting Thomas narrative, is that I think it unfairly tells us that we can't be faithful and also have some doubts, that we can't be good Christians and also ask questions, can't worship our risen savior and sometimes still ask the question, where are you, Jesus? <laughs> I need you to show up for me right now. I mean, all we have to do is look at those disciples. They actually witnessed the risen Christ themselves in the flesh. They touched his flesh. And a week later, they're still locked up tight in that room. They saw. Did they believe? Did they go out of that room immediately trusting that death is not the end and shouting that good news from the rooftops? No, they were still scared. Scared that they would be next of what resurrection really means. They carried some doubts. And we do too today, don't we? Maybe you're somebody who's new to the faith and you are chock full of questions and rightly so. Perhaps you've been away for a while and are dipping your toe back in, but not sure you've really seen enough yourself to be fully faithful. Maybe you're like me, a faithful regular churchgoer for your whole life who in between Sundays when there's yet another shooting on the news or a friend is diagnosed with cancer, or you just have a deep feeling of loneliness, find yourself saying in your prayer time, where are you, God? Jesus, I need you to show up right now. I believe, God, help my unbelief. Doubt isn't the opposite of faith. Scripture is chock full of human beings doing their very best to listen to God, to follow Jesus, who time and again still don't get it. They believe and then doubt, follow and then slip up. Our Psalms are full of beautiful poetry, much of them asking, where are you, O God? Show your face to me. Thomas is in good company. We are in good company. 
I think the danger is not in being like Doubting Thomas. The danger is when we believe that our doubts or our questions or our desire to be witnesses to love close up are somehow signs that we aren't faithful. So I'm afraid that too often we just keep our questions and our fears and our doubts to ourselves. We're afraid to speak up and out, worried about what others will say. How often do we choose to just stay silent, locked up in a room by fear? The preacher and professor Caroline Lewis says this, so many of us don't speak up. We don't speak up for the things that we need, the things owed us, the things that matter, the things promised to us, the things about which we think we can't or won't speak up because who will listen to us anyway? Will anything change? So we stay silent for ourselves, for others in shame and guilt. Someone else will say something, right? Surely somebody else will speak up. Someone else will stand up for injustice, for discrimination, for false claims about religious freedom, for those abused, for those who have no voice. Someone else will give voice to what I feel and know and want. Someone else will speak up for me. What Thomas helps us do, what Thomas helps us see is that we, we are empowered to speak, speak our hopes, our fears, our doubts, our needs, to speak up about the pain and brokenness, also the joy and love that we see around us. Sometimes we don't ask questions fearing that they will make us look foolish or unfaithful, believing that we need to be certain before we speak or that silence will just keep us safe somehow. Well, not Thomas. Thomas says, Jesus, come to me. Let me touch you. Let me see you. Abide with me. Thomas hovers there in that space of longing to be near Jesus, of wanting to understand. Thomas is willing to shatter those earthly expectations of certainty and open himself up to the radical ways and love of Jesus to say, come near me now. Now, Jesus does, of course, say here, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He is setting those disciples up to spread his gospel. He knows that soon he will leave this physical earth, be ascended into heaven with his God and our God. He's empowering these disciples to tell the story for people who won't be able to touch him in the flesh, empowering them to be witnesses to the world of the good news of resurrection. And it is true that none of us have seen the literal risen Christ, and yet here we are worshiping him. We have believed and not seen. And yet, and yet we have seen, haven't we? We have seen love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in action, through others. We've seen forgiveness poured out from God, a kind of eternal grace that can only come through Jesus Christ. Part of the amazing grace of community is that we are witnesses to this kind of love to and for and with each other, to and for and with the world. Not a love that silences others or forbids questioning or doubt, 
It's a love that comes to us and says, here I am for you in this moment. A love that says, and now go out and tell my story, share this love. The amazing grace of community is that we tell this story through the generations, week after week, day after day, and we hold this love for one another when one of us may doubt or has big questions or wavers in belief as we all will at some point. We show up for each other with love and grace and peace and forgiveness saying, we can hold this for you now, even if you can't see it or feel it for yourself in this moment. We make space for each other as Christian community, wherever our peers may find themselves on their faith journey. Because what we never have to doubt is that Jesus shows up, is the love that never lets us go. He shows up in bread and in wine, in our locked rooms, in our weary hearts, in our worship services, in our workplaces, in our celebrations, and in our mourning, in our fears and our hopes, on our worst days and our biggest triumphs, and loves us just the same. Jesus shows up out of a tomb and into new and eternal life. Let us be unafraid to ask, show me, Jesus, show me how to go there with you. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to see. listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.